Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network, Roughneck Scarves, and Icarus FC. We're the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, uh, the Red Bulls 2, I think that it's fair to say uh, we we um, told them to, to put up or shut up, uh, and boy, did they put up. They, they did a great job. Big win over Charlotte. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll eat crow. Um, we've got uh, Jeremy Raffanello joining the show a little later. Two goal score brace. Uh, well, I'll get into what that means for him in a little bit. Uh, we're going to preview the match against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and we're going to talk about a crazy announcement uh, from today. It's raising bulls. I'm here with Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. How are you doing? Hello. I um, totally expected to come on here and do nothing but sing praise for this team, but apparently we're going to talk about a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, at least it's not directed at the team, so there's that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what a U.S. soccer never fails to um, create narratives where we never intended them to be. It is very interesting. All of it very interesting. We're going to get to it all we got a big show. All right, let's 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 start at the top. Last week, you predicted a 3-1 loss. I think I predicted 2-0 or 2-1. I don't remember to be exact, but uh, I know that both of us predicted a loss. We looked at this team and we said, they are not ready to be on the field with these players. And they yeah. turned around and punched us square in the mouth. Big win, 3-1. Two goals from Jer- Jeremy Raffanello, a goal from Raul Mitchell, uh, who I think just overall had another great performance. Great response from everybody involved. I love that that the RB2 regulars took the reins and uh, uh, really made... Um, I don't know if you, you would necessarily say this is a coming out party because you need this sort of level to be uh, sustained for a little bit. But it, it definitely showed that... Um, uh, on the trajectory of the season, they're starting to round into that form that we're used to them getting to by this point in the year. Agreed. I, I think that I think you're right in saying like I, I'm with you in that like I I want to yell out that this is the coming out party, but you're right that they need to do this on a consistent basis. Um, but there are things that happened in this game, the way that they played, a consistency for long stretches of this game that they have not shown throughout the season that I think are incredibly positive, that they need to continue moving forward. And I think we need to abandon the model for this team of having so much rotation and get in players that can play with each other so well. Because Raffanello and Ronald Mitchell and a few other people, Omar So as well, like played so well together. Let's keep them on the field so we can see that progress happen. Dynamite. LaCava, too. I thought a lot of yeah. the people I've been pretty critical about this year, I thought, really stood out and did a great job. Uh, Charlotte didn't ever really look like they had a um, an answer for the pressing. I think the midfield, just in general, uh, seemed to be clicking at a, a level that we haven't seen before. And I think you're right. I think, you know, when you get a consistent run with these players, I think there's a fair argument to say that that's going to be more uh, 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 beneficial for their development. Uh, than having to rotate in and out. I think that there's probably a school of thought that also says, you know, dealing with that kind of adversity uh, would be beneficial to you. But I think in the long run, just 
being comfortable in the system really is all about playing in that system with guys who also understand their roles in the system and are playing there week in and week out with you. It helps you learn to trust your teammates and, and sort of um, there's that that ESP connection that uh, these guys get when they're on the field together for long stretches that you don't get otherwise. Yeah, you know, soccer is a sport that um, requires a lot more, uh, oh, what's the right word, um, cooperation, I guess, when, when it comes to team. It, it's not an individual sport. Like, you, it, it's not minor league baseball where you can really see an individual based on their at-bats. Like, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it based on what's asked for the team. And... For, especially for the New York Red Bulls, there are very specific needs in regards to the press that we that we see be asked. But you you can't ever assess that unless the players next to each other have the utmost trust. And for that to happen, they they need to play with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you got to give a lot of credit to uh, Danny Edelman in this one. Uh, Michael Knapp, I thought uh, both of those guys just had. Uh, fantastic games i'm so happy for raffanello i know the circumstances of the of the goals is not necessarily a repeatable um uh, circumstance you've got the one that the 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 keeper bobbles and it goes between his legs and the other one sort of a ball bouncing around the box but just being able to get the ball in the net uh takes that weight off your shoulders hopefully it's the first of many raffanello with this brace that equals his total goals scored as a professional up until this point. Um, he had one with Indy and uh, another one. I don't remember. Maybe it was with, um, uh, I don't know, maybe it was Beth Steele or, or one of those other teams. But um, yeah, only had two professional goals to his name before this. He's got two more now. Congrats, Jeremy. Uh, excellent job on the day. Glad that uh, you're settling in and... Um, you know, I think that I think that it's important when you're when you swing big and you're wrong big uh, that you can just take the pie to the face. And I welcome all, all supporters to find Anthony and I and just give us a good pie in the face. I think that's what we deserve. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. You won't eat the crow. I'm gonna. I'm setting the table, tucking in my the napkin. Pie to the face. I mean, it's I, the like, same. Who who would have predicted this? This like, like in all seriousness, there's not a single person, unless you are a blindly diehard fan, that would have predicted the scoreline based on the way this team played over the last three to four weeks. Well, I'll like, I'll, I'll I'll add the delusions of grandeur on top of this. I'm gonna say that the team, you know, weekly. They sit down and they listen to the show. Uh, it's not about the coaching. Um, it's not about the fans, you know, not, not about any of those other role models in their life. They listen to the show, uh, <laughs> it, you know, makes or breaks you them. Know, and, you know, the small town of Evan Laurel listens to the show. That's true. And you know what? Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, oh my God, Jared, uh, Jared Stroud. I couldn't think of his name for a minute. Uh, told us last year that, or last year, two years ago that he had listened to the show. So that made my day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we threw down a gauntlet, and we we said that this team was not uh, up to the level, and they they really shut us up. I think they did. I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna caveat this and say they did in this occasion. I think they need to prove it on more than just one game. 
and especially on the road. I mean, the, the way you prove how good you are is by performing on the road. Um, we're we're going to need to see that because they played a lot of home games and they don't have that many wins at home. Well, so we'll, we'll see how, how it goes as the uh, season moves on. A perfect segue into our preview. I, I decided we'll, we'll do the preview before we go to Raffanello. Uh, it, may, it makes more sense. Um, on the road, a team that has been phenomenal on the road and not so much at home, Red Bulls 2 and this week's opponent, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They are 0-2-1 at home uh, and 4-1-1 away from Highmark. Their uh, last five games, their 3-1-1 wins over Tampa Bay, Indy, and Loudoun. Probably the first two very impressive, the second one a little bit shaky. Um, they lost to Austin Bold, uh, Western Conference opponent, and drew the Miami FC 1-1. Uh, Goal-scoring leaders, Russell Cicerone, he really carved up uh, RB2 last time they played. He's got five on the year. Daniel Griffin after him, and then a whole bunch tied with one. Uh, assist Hugh Dixon leading the team with three. They whooped on Red Bull 2 at MSU. I think that was the 3 nothing game in the rain. Um I'm not sure what uh, is clicking for them on the road. Maybe it's the level of uh, opposition they faced. But uh, I think it's really interesting for a team led by Bob Lilly to struggle at home at all. Uh, And I look at this and I I ask, what sort of lessons did the Red Bulls learn against Charlotte? And maybe even last time against the Riverhounds that uh, they're ready to to, um, face and, and see if they're able to overcome. Well, one thing for sure is um, I, I don't think there's a lot of comparisons you can make between Charlotte and Pittsburgh in regards to their reaction to the the way the Red Bulls play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that Pittsburgh is far better at reacting to the counter press than than Charlotte was. Charlotte showed a lot of um, they, they they really showed where they they have issues defensively. Whereas Pittsburgh against Red Bull to show that they're able to handle that. So I, I, I think that there needs to be a little bit more dyna- dynamic play from Red Bull two if they intend on getting anything out of this game. But it, it's, it's a positive sign for Red Bull two that they got this result and getting confidence to guys who have shown that kind of dynamic play already uh, this year. Yeah, I like, look, I like the spine in the last game. I think Egbo and Tomble, Knapp and Edelman uh, were very much locked in with each other, and that helped kind of compress space in the middle of the field. If you look at the heat map for that game, Charlotte is pretty much, it's a, it's a donut. They, they kept out to the outside because they knew coming through the middle. Uh, they were just finding no purchase. The Red Bulls just picked off pass after pass after pass uh, as they tried to come through the middle. And yeah, that's not something that you're going to necessarily see from a team like Pittsburgh. You know, they're more willing to play Route One and uh, and to essentially out Red Bull, Red Bull, and just uh, become a physical force in the middle of the field and make those guys regret keeping the ball on the ground and and trying to work it that way. Um, that three-one game, I think in general. You look at that and you know things weren't going great to begin with. It was a little bit sloppy. And then after that first goal, um, you know, heads were hanging a little bit. And I think 
um, maybe the experience of uh, the Riverhounds gets the better of Red Bull 2 there. But now, a couple weeks later, building off the Tampa Bay game, building off the Charlotte game, I think that they're positioned to at least uh, be more competitive in this one. If not, maybe sneak uh, a win or a point on the road. I mean, I, I hope they can sneak a point on the road. I think it's all going to come down to the defensive effort. You know, like they they need to keep goals out of the net. Yeah. And that that's that. Sorry, I have hiccups. Um, the that's going to be the um, the defining aspect of this game, and whether or not they they can they can stop opposing teams from scoring, um, which they have not been able to do all that well. And if you get into a game of I can outscore you. I mean, yeah, if you can turn the game into a shootout, I feel good about Red Bull too. But otherwise, it's it, it's going to be a, an uphill uphill battle. I think that's that's more than fair. Uh, one thing um, I am a little tiny bit concerned about, but uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But the discipline uh, from this team is still not great. Edelman already has six yellow cards on the year uh, overall. They lead the league with 32 yellow cards. The next closest is San Antonio with 27. Um, so, yeah, Hell I mean, yeah. they're playing physically. They're getting it done. But it also could lead to problems of roster availability for these guys. I say, hell yeah, get physical. No, but you're right. It, it does end up being um, something that can that can affect the squad later. Yeah. Um, you know, lower, lower leagues are... Um, a bit dicey like this you know it it happens like lots of usl games have lots of cards and um red bull 2 are now kind of leading the chart leading the charge on that that's exactly right um all right let's get a uh a prediction from you what do you got i feel like this is always a bad idea now um i'm gonna give it a 2-2 draw i feel like i'm obligated to to say that they lose because if I say that they might win, uh, then obviously they'll lose. So if I say they lose, they'll win. That's how it worked last time. I'm going to go with that again. I'm going to say that this is a uh, 2 nothing win for Pittsburgh. I think this will be their first one at home. Again, it's it's more about the physicality, I think, from, from the team. And I'm not sure I'm ready to say they're, they're going to be able to do that week in and week out. I'm very happy that they were able to get it done against Charlotte. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get it done here. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this uh, pans out for them. But I, I'm, I'm with you on, on the trepidation. So let, let's see how it uh, all manages out. We absolutely shall. Uh, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're talking to uh, the, the man who scored the brace himself, Jeremy Raffanello. Stick around. And we're back. I'm joined now with the first guest that we've had in a very long time. Uh, we had that weird short season last year, but uh, we, we are back now. And we are joined by uh, the man who scored the brace. He wears, what is it, number 36? I, th- I had it before we started. Yes, number 36 for the New York Red Bulls. It's Mr. Jeremy Raffanello. Hello, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh 
it, it's it's great to have you here. I haven't talked to anybody in a long time, and talking to the guy who uh, scored two big goals in the last match is very exciting. First two goals of the season for you, first win at home, uh, coming off maybe a, a, a really tough and defining loss to Hartford. Um, walk us through, you know, maybe the week leading up to uh, to this match. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we had the game out in Charleston that got canceled, and that was kind of like a heartbreak to us because we did travel all the way out there. But I feel like as a team, we just really needed kind of like something to help us build together and like something to gel together. And I really think that was kind of like uh, kind of like meant to happen in the sense of like that game cancellation. And we finally just like we really gelled together on that trip. And like we really came together because we kind of had no other way. We had nothing else to do. So we all just really came together. And I feel like coming off of that Hartford loss, it was so disappointing for sure. I mean, it was just like a heartbreak to all of us at, the, at Hartford. And we were ready for the Charleston game and it got canceled. And we were all there, all, we were down there already. And we were just like, we just need to perform now. Like we, we know what we need to do. Like we talked about at Charleston and now that team got canceled and moving into moving into them, moving into Charlotte. And it was just like, we knew that we had to get a result, and especially back at home. We didn't even get a result yet for the season at home and the fans fans at home. We just knew that, like, leading up to the game, that things were feeling good. And, like, I, I felt good personally. And I was asking around the team, everybody was feeling everybody had positive mindsets towards everything. And, honestly, that Charleston trip down there really helped us just really build together as a team. And I think that was, like, truly needed. And we come back and you get a nice little 3-1 win uh, at home in front of the fans and stuff like that. And I, I just think it was an amazing result for all of us. Yeah, for sure. I think, look, I look at that Hartford match and it's a tough loss, but it's also hard to look at that and call it, uh, you know, the RB2 team that we've seen for most of the year because it was so full of MLS players. But, uh, you know, I think there was some momentum that probably started with that Tampa Bay match because, you know, they came in riding such a high uh, and, you it was a very, very close and, and tough fought match and maybe a little bit unlucky you guys didn't walk away with the result there. No, a hundred percent. And that's what that's kinda what we were thinking too. It was like we were we were kinda going in the Hartford game, we were like, All right, we've got a lot of first team guys, you should get a good win out of here and I mean, soccer is soccer and football is football. I mean, anything could get thrown any sort of way and that's the heartbreak of this sport. I mean, sometimes it just happens that Hartford had an amazing game that caps off to them. But honestly, like just coming off of that, we just needed we did, like something needed to happen. And no matter if it was the first team guys with the Red Bulls too, or if it was just the normal guys with us and the guys that are signed in the academy guys, we just whatever it was, we knew we had to get a win just because like coming off of kind of just a bad game and then Charleston game getting canceled and everything like that and I just feel like it was just, it was totally needed for sure and definitely helping the team get the result is a good feeling as well too and you've got the River Hounds coming up next um it's, you know a surprisingly uh not uh, great at home for them so far they have yet to win similar to what you guys have been through they've been getting it all done on the road you had a, a tough match against them in the rain um What's been the discussion leading up to that match from John and the team, and what sort of lessons do you think you learned in that first match? Um, I definitely think leading up to this Pittsburgh game, uh, they're, they're a good team for sure. They've, they've started out hot, and I think they have a good, well-connected team for sure. And I feel like 
it's kind of hard to scout them in a sense that they, they like to switch up a lot of things all the time. And so it's kind of hard to kind of get an idea of how they do play and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard just to, they are one of the teams that like we you look at and you just like, you look at the games, look at the games back and you're just like, well, they play kind of different every game. It's just like, well, it makes it, it kind of makes it hard for the scouting, but it makes it kind of easier for us. And you kind of look at the players in the sense of their tendencies and everything like that. And you kind of just build off of that in a sense, and I, I truly think that, like, coming off of this this win, and we're all really on a high for sure, and confidence is super high in the team. Trainings have been really well, and everybody's been buying into everything that John's been saying, and we just know if we stick by John's side of what he's saying that we know that we can get a result and as needed, you know what I mean? Like, we we truly know that the we have full faith in our coach, and we if we truly listen to him and stick by him, we know that we can get a good result for the fans and for us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's wind the clock back. Every time I get a new player on here, I love to talk to them about, uh, where they're from and, and how they came up in the game. You're a Jersey guy, right? You're out almost in Philadelphia. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I'm about 50 minutes from Philadelphia. I grew up in Darien, New Jersey. It's a very small town. I love those. Love everybody. Everybody knows who I am over there and stuff like that. And everybody knows who everybody is. And well, I'm not, I'm not too far from Philly as well too. So and you started playing club soccer at what age? Uh, I started playing club soccer at my local club um, around six years old on my older brother's team. Or like He was eight years old at the time, and I joined his team at six years old. So I was playing when I was younger with him in the Dalaran club. And then after Dalaran, I moved on over to, to a smaller town called Mount Laurel. And it was just uh, I finally moved back down to my age group around that time around U11 is when I moved to around my age group because I was always playing up with either my brother's team or a year older than me. So it was just kind of like bouncing around when I was younger in a sense. And my, my brothers taught, they, they showed me, they introduced the game to me at, at two years old. They, they loved it and they always were kicking a ball either at me or with me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did they like having you around on the team? I played with yeah, my older brother a lot. And, uh, you know, it was, a, I think, a tense friendship in there in playing like that. Oh, 100%. I mean, I say all the time. It's like I got two older brothers, so they never, ever, ever let me let me win any sort of game. Never <laughs> let up on anything. Always, always beating me like 7 nothing, 6 nothing, and then rubbing it in my face. And I'm like... I don't know what to do. I'm so young. I was just like, I guess it, it built that competitive nature in me, though, and I, it truly it truly helps for sure. I mean, when I'm in a game and I'm down losing, I'm just like, I'll, I'll try to do anything for to get this win because, at like, um, my brothers just used to drill it into me, and I used to hate losing against them because <laughs> they used, used to they used to do it. They used to rub it in until we played next, and until we played next, they would beat me again until I would beat them. So I mean I'm coming to an age now where I'll totally kill them ten nothing now and anything <laughs> like that. They won't even play soccer with me. They, it's so funny. That's the yeah. You so you're the youngest of of your brothers, right? Uh, and yeah, yeah I well you you beat them into submission and then they give up the game. You know that's <laughs> just how it is. Yeah, I guess. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they they do they they do what they're doing. They're both in the competitive nature. They tell my mom all the time. They're like, ah, he needs it. He needs it. And it's true. They. I needed it for sure. I needed to build that competitive nature in a sense. Yeah. I, well, I guess, yeah, they, you, they proved it right for sure. You played with uh Beth Steele for a little while there, or I call it Bethlehem Steele, Beth Steele, uh, uh, Reading United. You went over to 
uh, FC uh, Helsinger. Is that right? Uh, you said? Yeah, FC Helsingborg. How, how did that come up? That was, um, it was like through just kind of a thing where I was at a point at Penn State where I had an opportunity just to go over there and kind of trial for a team. And it was just like a good friend of mine kind of helped me out, get over there and stuff like that. So I kind of took the opportunity in the sense of like, I was like, yeah, let me go trial. If nothing works out, I'll come back to college and do it and finish out my career and stuff like that at college. But I was lucky enough to get a contract out there and not much people can say they moved over to a, a foreign country, 18 years old, 19 years old. And I, it was probably one of the best times I've had, like living, living situation wise and just living in a foreign country, not really knowing who everybody is, kind of, kind of got to find your own way. And it kind of, it was like a wake up call for me in a sense. I never was on my own. I college, I was the colleges, you know how college is. College yeah. is different. You go back home and stuff like that. But I was, Across the country, in a sense, across the pond. So I thought, why not? Like 18 years old, 19 years old, let me go live my life and kind of, in a sense, just like, and still do the thing I love and that football. And I just, I found a way over there and somehow was lucky enough to stay over there for seven, eight months. And it was, it was great. I never just got my time over there. I definitely learned a lot from the, the veterans over there had a couple guys playing for FC Copenhagen throughout their careers and stuff like that. And FC Helsinger was a good powerhouse team in the first division for a couple of years. And they got a couple of things happened where they got demoted and stuff like that. And, and lucky enough, I was able to get there and kind of learn and experience from veterans and stuff like that. And it was just a good time for sure. And how'd you end up back in the States? Indy 11 uh, came calling at some point. Yeah, actually, I came after Denmark. I came back home, and I was just like, I I was kind of sitting there, and I didn't really have much. I knew I didn't really have much, and I was just like, well, I can't go back to college, obviously. So um, kind of just was – I didn't touch a ball for about, like, three, three, four months, and then my dad was just like, yo, like, you want to go over to, like, an Indy 11 open tryout? And I was just like, an open tryout? I was just like – I've been professional. I was like, should I do that? And he was just like, you can go there and go get some touches and stuff like that. And I was just like, sure, no problem. Let me go take a nice and easy 10-hour drive. And I was like, <laughs> funny how it happened. But I was lucky enough to get out there. And they uh, it showed well. I mean, I showed well in front of – there was like around like 250 kids. And, and lucky enough, I was able to get the call back and stuff like that. I mean, uh, it was good. I mean, they – lucky enough, Indy was able to like spot me out in the – in all the stack and stuff like that and they were just they were as soon as that was done with open trial it was a saturday and sunday uh the head coach called me and was just like hey we want you to come to preseason and i'm in the car with my dad on the way home and we're like holy crap like this actually just happened like let's go like let's do it and I, as soon as he called me he's like are you down and i was just like oh yeah of course i'm down like i definitely want to come to preseason and stuff like that and be able to fight for my fight for a spot for a contract and went out the preseason for about five, six weeks, and they really liked how I was. And I, lucky enough, I was the only kid from the open trial to get an actual contract on the team. And they gave me some opportunities out there and able to get a, my first professional goal as well, too, with them. I loved my time over there, too. Great people, great staff, great teammates. Everybody was just great and so welcoming just as I was coming off of open tryout. Yeah, I, look, look, listening to you speak 
uh, so glowingly about them in what was probably a pretty difficult season, right? Because you had uh, that time off of figuring out, are we going to get back on the field this year? And you were able to get back out there. You had your first goal against Sporting uh, KC2. Uh, it sounds like they, they did you did you well. Yeah, they definitely did. They they treated me so well over there. They treated me as if I was a star in a sense. They treated everybody like they were a star. I mean, it was just like a it was a good environment definitely to be around. Never discount them, and they they did well for my career, and they definitely helped me out in the sense of definitely growing as a player for sure. There's some good veterans on there. Everybody kind of scattered from now. It's a different team now, but everybody everybody that was there was just I made lifelong friendships on, like with the whole team, and I think that like that team was like really gelled together. I mean, lucky enough, we didn't even make playoffs. We were so shocked. I remember we lost that game against St. Louis getting in the playoffs and we got back around 3 a.m. and me and the captain and the goalkeeper all just sitting there until 5 a.m. thinking like downstairs in our apartment building, we're just sitting there like, wow, like this is, this is real. Like this is actually happening. Like we didn't, we didn't make it like stuff like that. It was just like a really good squad, but you know how football is. You can't always you can't always have to go your way. It's always going to throw some curveballs. So yeah, I mean, just having a talented squad is one thing, but like uh, the, to make that run at a championship, there's also like that. There's that luck component. There's the the stars aligning sort of thing, and yeah, I mean, it, it happens or it doesn't happen, and it's not necessarily the the talent on the squad, but just the circumstance sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's just like. Sometimes luck falls a different way and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just how football goes and we all accept it and we all move by it and everybody's at a different place now and we're, we're still there, but everybody's doing well in their careers. I follow everybody. Everybody's still playing well and everybody's still playing, which is lovely to see. But overall, it was a good experience over there for sure. I definitely loved it over there. I mean, so far in my career, I've definitely had a I had definitely been to all places where they've all kept me in and had me welcome. And even with the Red Bulls, I, I love it here. It's just a, just a great environment to be around. Like, it's just I'm kind of bringing that veteran, you so-called veteran, like veteran knowledge. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I know I'm 21, but. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the thing. Uh, you this... got a team and kind of, you kind of got to put it on, on yourself in the sense of like, you got to teach these like younger Academy kids of like, what's it about for sure. Because not discounting college soccer, but you kind of lose it in a sense. To, and, uh, and you, you try to teach them before they head out, head off to college. And this, so they can kind of grasp that and kind of run with that while they're at college and make the most of their college careers. And, and they can luckily get out and be in the MLS or be back in the USL either, or it's just kind of give that knowledge to them. Yeah. I think it's always so fun to talk to to guys on the team and talk to you know 21 23 that these are like the old veteran <laughs> players on the team but yeah that's you... how i feel like yeah like i was telling telling my uh telling like talking like that the other day i'm like dude i was just like i feel like i feel like i'm like a veteran in a sense it's just like i was at indy 11 last year i was 20 at indy 11 i was the second youngest behind andrew carlton there and we uh and then after that, I come over to Red Bulls, and I'm like, well, I'm like the second oldest behind Kyle now, you know what I mean, or <laughs> behind Manny, or in a sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how did you end up on the, the, the Red Bulls radar? Uh, how did that come to be? Um, it was through Sean McCaffrey. Sean had me at a – Sean, I was back at home from Indy, and Indy didn't pick up my option. So uh, I had – and so I came over. And uh, I was in, in January, the academy was training, and um, 
Sean Sean McCafferty was just like, if you if you're not training, come and train and stuff like that. And we didn't really think much of it, as in like just kind of keeping keep going, you know, just kind of keeping my touches up in a sense. And I played well in the academy, and they were just like, wow, like we really think that like this he could be a good fit for the team. And I I thought so as well too. Academy was the academy kids are great. They're just young young kids, but they're just lovely lovely kids to be around for sure. Great kids and. Uh, Coming through there, Sean McCaffrey had me at uh, my junior year of high school. I played uh, academy at FC Delco or FC Continental, either or. And uh, he was the coach at the time, and he left halfway through to go to Bar- to the Barca Academy. And uh, we kind of just kind of parted ways in a sense because he had his his things he had going on, and which is okay and stuff like that. And I had my things going on with the Delco and everything, so. It was kind of upsetting when Sean left because he such he was such a good coach for us and Johnny Johnny Rhodes as well too. They were such good coaches and mentors for us. And uh and then I when I came back and I came back from Indy eleven, um, I really wasn't doing too much and reached out to Sean and he was able and my agent and stuff like that were able to hook up together and he was like, Yeah, come train and I've been training pretty well. I played a couple of games with the but the academy did well, scored a couple goals there and some scrimmages, and then lucky enough to get a contract from there, which was more than amazing. Well, that is very much the guy that I think more people should be talking about the job that he's been doing since he stepped in. But Sean McCafferty seems to be doing a great job of uh, wrangling in some uh, very talented players. So good good work out oh, there, yeah. Sean. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy. He definitely, he definitely Oh, sorry. I didn't mean right. to cut you off. I was going to say, this has been delightful, no, right. but uh, uh, we got to subject you now to the lightning round. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right, popcorn, yes or no? Oh, popcorn. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I didn't know if you were saying that. All right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Marvel. NES or Genesis? Or oh, I guess you might be too young for this. Wait, uh, uh, Mario or Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Favorite team to play as in FIFA? Uh, Manchester United. And uh, the, I always uh, end with uh, an award that we're going to eventually give out at the end of the year. Uh, we're going to talk best gamer, worst gamer in the squad. So who's the best gamer? Who the best gamer? I don't know. We haven't played much. We haven't played much, but uh, I don't even know. I'd probably give myself. I'm just gonna say me. You know, like I, I haven't seen much people play, so I'm just gonna put myself at a high stand. I'm saying I'm, I'm the best gamer. <laughs> you know, I'm realizing now, asking a group of uh, very competitive uh, athletes who the best is, I'm gonna get a lot of me's. I'm sure. Who's the worst yeah. gamer in the squad? Um, who do I want to throw in the bus here? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Danny Edelman for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the gauntlet has officially been thrown. We're finally starting it this year. Excellent. Yeah. Danny, well, Danny's such a good kid. Yeah. I look, it's been a pleasure watching all you guys out there. I love watching uh, the Red Bull two team year in and year out. Lots of uh, great players uh, are in and around the squad. Uh, and it's it's great to see that you're doing well. I'm hoping the team continues their success. And thank you so much for coming on the show, Jeremy. No, thank you for having me. And I appreciate all the kind words. And hopefully we can get 
more and more results and we can just keep on proving to everybody you know i mean we we're a young team but i think we got it and i think something clicked the past game so it's definitely something that's going to be looked forward to for sure I've got my fingers crossed for you. Uh, when we come back, we will be talking about uh, some league news. So stick around. And we're back. Thank you so much to our guest this week, Jeremy Raffanello. A great talking to him. Uh, Anthony, before we wrap it up here. We got some crazy news today. I guess it's not that crazy. Uh, MLS, new league. We talked about it. I don't know if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago when the uh, the rumors uh, were, were churning. Now we have confirmation. According to ESPN by 2022 or 23, whatever the date was, uh, all MLS two teams will be playing in this league. What is this the goodbye tour for USL and Red Bull 2? And I guess in a way, raising bulls? Um, I don't know if it's a goodbye to Raising Bulls. I mean, there's no, no, no. I meant like a-, a goodbye to USL from those. People. Oh, goodbye yeah. to USL. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think that um, the USL, USL has grown past the uses of what the MLS two teams want to do. And look, we talked about this in recent in recent weeks, or um, maybe in, in smaller spurts over the past few years, about how like there's so many more independent teams and. In- in USL and how they are um, it's very difficult for the development of MLS players at the moment. Sorry about all these hiccups, by the way. (laughs) Um, But the it's um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a new step forward for MLS and it's a step forward for USL in the sense that they're separating themselves from a lot of these MLS teams, which, Quite honestly, keep USL feeling more like a um, minor league than uh, an actual league in and of itself. I think that's fair. So, what do you see as like the future outlook? I, I don't think like the MLS two teams prop this league up in any way. But uh, what do you see happening to the league down the line? Well, definitely. You mean USL or the new MLS? USL, USL. Oh, USL, yeah, no, USL is going to be far more independent. I think that they are able to stand on their legs way more than than they have in the past. New York essentially will be replaced by Queensboro um, at, at, at this rate, who have a, a great deal in place with your college in Queens, and they will have a new stadium, uh, or not a new stadium, but an adjusted stadium for that area. Um other there are lots of other independent teams that are ready to come in in other local markets so i i I don't think usl will suffer dramatically Uh, i think they'll suffer from not having that mls connection but to be fair they will always have that mls connection i think that loaning down to lower leagues is a thing that happens in soccer or football across the world so I think it will still happen. It just won't be to the dramatic dramatic effect that we've seen um, since 2015. Do you think League One is going to struggle at all losing yes. its three teams? Two, TFC 2, uh, New England 2, and uh, Fort Lauderdale? Is that them? Without knowing the expansion plans 
for League One, I do think they're going to suffer the most. The championship will will have far more than enough teams to have a very viable league. I, I don't know what League One is going to look like afterwards. There's been a lot of rumors and a lot of conjecture about more teams coming in and all this kind of stuff. So unless, unless that takes hold, um, we're in to see a lot of um, – uh, there's going to be a lot of te- teams missing from League One. They're the ones I worry about the most. Um, the championship will be fine. It's really can League One get more player, more teams into into the league um, as these MLS two teams leave. That that'll be the big question. That is a very big question. Now, looking at MLS's league, did they give it a name? Did we get a name for it? Is it? I, I you know, we've all been talking about this MLS next thing, but I don't know if that is what this lower division league is mm-hmm. but you know what because we don't know for sure we'll just call it mls next okay mls next what do you or, think or in, in the wwe sense we'll call it mls mls nxt what's your <laughs> nxt nice um looking at that at this model right you're, you're basically you're creating a reserve league for the mls teams is that a better space for development than the current uh, uh situation having them play uh, in a, a separate pro league with so many independent teams. I don't know. And my, my first like my first feeling is the answer to that is no because there, there there's a level of um of competition that you get from playing these independent players uh and an experience that you you jump you jump steps from having to do this that I don't think will come in a league that is just reserve teams. Um, And also, I don't know if you're going to get the in-game fan experience the same way. So it'll be interesting to see. The the most interesting thing is who are the independent teams that will come into this and whether or not um, that will help this scenario. But at the moment, I have to say that I don't think that this will be better for the players um, playing playing in this reserve league, essentially. I got to say, I feel like I'm talking to the drunk mouse from the cartoons. Oh, my God. I had, I had censor before this, so I'm like, oh, Jesus. Right, I got- I'm like, I'm so like, I, it's, it's like, I, like, I, I, it's like, I had two choices. I had this, like, my water bottle or or some seltzer and right before this podcast i just downed the seltzer like i just had like a like a <laughs> pint, pint glass of seltzer and i am regretting it so bad right now that's like the uh the hiccup version of like eating a hot pepper um before yes. yeah that's good okay i got one more for you uh and yeah. then and then we'll get the heck out of here looking at the implications for red bull 2 all right so based on what espn says they're going to be in this league by 2023 um Currently, their home is MSU Soccer Park. They spent some money to develop the the site there, so you know to give them the locker room. And um, did they add the? Oh yes, they did. They added the seating at the end. Um, does that change the venue for them? Are they going to be more likely to bring it to a place like Red Bull Arena, or uh, even at the practice facility? 
uh, if they're going to be in this this other like sort of marginal league, or is the idea behind this league that they want it to be uh, uh, more of a uh, a true second division or third division? I don't know what it's going to be classified as, uh, where you have fans coming to these games and have more of a game day experience. So early rumors are, are that this is not going to be a second division league, more of a third division league. Um, Again, that could change. That's all conjecture from what I'm saying. But sorry, the um, the 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 one thing about it though that I do want to stress is they say this is a professional league. So I I don't think that they will leave MSU Soccer Park. I think that that investment will remain. I think that they do want ugh, this. Um, I think they do want this. Um, this league to have a very professional feel to it. So I don't, I, I don't think that will affect anything other than where you will see this team um, at, at this point. I don't think they're going to move to Red Bull arena. I don't think that there's any room for them at the moment, considering the fact that there are now three tenants at the moment at Red Bull arena. Uh, So I, I don't think a fourth is, sustainable considering that they have a place at the moment um with msu soccer park so i i think that will remain and i actually think that that is a perfect place for them to be in this new upcoming upcoming league can't say that i disagree at all with that all right i will mercifully guide us home here that's going to be it for us today uh if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at underscore joe goldstein and I am at RB News Net- Network. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are Raising Bullcast. One bull, Raising Bullcast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at bgn.fm. They're covering MLS, USL, Premier League, NWSL. That's the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, lots of great content over there, podcasts, written articles. Please go check that out. Those guys work super duper hard on all the stuff they make. I say, guys, I should say the team there uh, and stop making it so gendered. Um, uh, if Are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. And, of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Woo, almost. Uh, We've got the hiccup. (laughs) Uh, For myself, Joe Goldstein, uh, Anthony Merced, and Jeremy Raffanello, thank you very much and have a great night. (laughs) 